The message you're about to hear is a production of the Word and Sound Ministry of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Throne of Grace, Richmond Hill. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. God bless you as you listen to the transforming and inspiring Word of God. And thank you for all the people that put this together. It's such a nice time being here. I'd look forward to it. And um, how many of us were here on, on, online on Friday? Uh, did, it, did, how did it go? Okay, it looks like we're, 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 having a, we're having a blast today also. By God's grace, hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we ask of you, Jehovah, that you would do what you alone can do in this place, O oh God. We trust you, Jehovah, to take over this atmosphere once again and, Lord, impact in the life of your people. I ask of you that you will bridge between the people and the pulpit, O oh God. And Jehovah, you will speak your word in the right manner to your people in the name of Jesus. Lord, we look up to you for that which you alone can do in this meeting. We trust that, Lord, you will do all that you can do and, Lord, bring us to the territory we are meant to take over indeed. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you once again for this opportunity. But I want to quickly share with you on um, what I have titled the power of your personal prophecy on your way to taking over territories. So for you to take over territories, you need to understand that there are certain things that is made available for you already. Already in Christ, we have our inheritance. Um, look, at, look at the scripture in, in, in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11 in him we have our inheritance already. In him also we have obtained an inheritance. So we have obtained an inheritance in Christ Jesus. Been predestinated according to the purpose of him who worked all things according to the counsel of his will. Verse 14 please. Look at verse 14. Look at verse 14. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance until redemption of, of, of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. So we have the guaranteed inheritance in Christ Jesus. Amen. So we have in, in, inheritance. In, so in, in salvation is um, all encompassing. We have in salvation, we have healing, we have deliverance in it. We have a whole lot of things already packaged in it. But you see, in moving forward, in life beyond salvation there are a lot other things that you need to do so many things that you need to the scripture says that there are better things that 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 accompany that accompany salvation so such thing we need to lay hold on them not because those things are not in our out in our in our reach to take on to the bible says all things that pertains to life and godliness has been given to us. So where are these things? They're hanging somewhere in the air. So you need to pluck them. We need to do everything to ensure we're able to hold on to them. Now for you to be able to hold on to them, you need to be able to see them. If you cannot see them, you cannot handle them. But you see... The thing about God is also that he's made everything so available for us. The Bible says that he that makes the eyes sees. So God has given you a eyes that sees. So he will open your eyes to see. 
It will open your eyes to see. So I trust God that as we share this together also, your eyes will be open and you will see. Now in 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 18, 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 18, this was Paul talking to Timothy and he was, he was trying to advise Timothy as a son. He said, this charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecy previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage good warfare by prophecy that already been spoken concerning you. So it looked to me that for us to be able to handle the things that are in front of us, there are certain things that have been spoken as concerning our lives that we may run with the same. Abacook says that I will stay upon my watch and I will hear what he will say unto me. And I will write what he will say unto me so that anyone that reads it will run. What is it that has been written as concerning you? What is it that has been spoken as concerning you? How do you even know what is spoken concerning you? In several ways, you come to meeting, to church meetings like this, you hear the word of the Lord. And I want to please help you to understand something. When you come to God's presence, you've got to be expectant. Don't come to, be, to, don't, don't come to God's presence just casually. Don't come to God's presence just because you want to see your friend. You have to be expectant. Don't be like the disciples that when they, when they gathered to pray, they were praying for Peter to be released. When Peter got to the door and started knocking the door, someone went to the door to open the door and said, Peter is here. And the people that are praying said, you are not serious. Let's keep praying. Why? They were not expecting. Is it not the same thing that happened to us that when we pray, you are just praying just because you are told to pray? You are not expecting. But when we come to him, the Bible says, they that come to him must believe that he is. Not that he was. Not that he will be. He is. Meaning, that which he said he will do, he will do. God does not lie. So, be expectant. So, even in this meeting also, be expectant. What exactly did you come to? For what exactly are you expecting? Be expectant. God is able to do that which you, which He said He will do as concerning you. So for Timothy, for Timothy, Paul told him, "Which a good warfare by the prophecy that spoken ahead of you." So how do you get prophecy spoken ahead of you? It's possible during meetings like this, a word comes to you, and no other person is hearing that word but you. Do you know God speaks through his prophets? He speaks through his servants. And when Pastor Israel or any other pastor is, pre is preaching, for example, you are hearing something that any other person is not hearing. That's something about God. God, God speaks to you individually, actually. He does not just speak to us collectively. He speaks to you. That's why even this few minutes I've, I've spent right now, if I ask people to say what exactly they have been able to pick from what I have said, some other people have not heard the thing you will say. That's because God is speaking something to your heart. And so when God speaks such thing to your heart, hold it well. What other ways? There are times you are reading the Bible. Have you heard about jumping verses? In the times you are reading the Bible and all of a sudden a verse just jump at you. 
That may be just what God is saying to you at the time. Now, prophecy is not something that is, that is for yesterday. Prophecy is for what will happen for you tomorrow. Inheritance are the things that we already have. You have been healed. But it's tribe we were made whole. We're not going to be made whole. We have been made whole already. He that knew no sin was made sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are not going to be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We have already been the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Those are our inheritance. But prophecy are what you have not seen yet. They are the things that you have to be. They are the land that you must take over. They are this, the, the territories that is available unto you. So how do you get these things? At times it's even through your parents. They speak some word, you, you know, we need, young people, it's important that we understand this. That our parents are so important in our life. Even when they are not born again. They are so important. God has given something into them. That when they speak something into your life, it happens for you. What happened to, 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 to Ephraim and, and Manasseh? Ephraim and Manasseh, Joseph just brought them to greet the grandfather, Jacob. Jacob looked at them and said, who are these people? He says, they are my children. They are your grandchildren. He brought them, come and see grandpa. And grandpa said, bring them to me. I want to pray for them. I want to pray for them. Now, Joseph did not know that something was about to happen to these two people. These two children that are supposed to be in the in position of, of grandchildren, they were about to be lifted to the position of the children of Jacob, actually. So, Jacob called for them. And by the time he called for them, he stretched his hand and he crossed his hand over them. One on Manasseh, one on Ephraim. Joseph looked at him and he said, Daddy, no, 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 no. You are getting it wrong. That's not the position. He said, no, my son. I know so. This also will be blessed. But this is what I have to do for now. He spoke the word over them and they rose out of just being grandchildren. They rose to be one, the two among the, the 12 tribes of Israel. Till today, Ephraim and Manasseh, by the word that jo Jacob spoke over their life, they still remain. By the same word that Joseph, J Jacob also spoke as concerning the first two sons, Reuben. Uh, he, told, he spoke of Reuben, that Reuben, you are the first of my, of my offsprings. You are the excellency of power and of dignity. But he said something after that, he said, but you shall not excel. <laughs> and Reuben was not excelling. Moses had to get to a point also in his own life when he has to speak to Reuben. And he said, let Reuben, not, let, let Reuben live and not die. Let not his men be few. Why? Because his father spoke before that you will not excel. I pray for you tonight, this, this morning, that you will understand the honor that parents pay in your life. That you will honor them so much that um, it will not just be that you are honoring the man of God, but you are honoring them also. Because you see, when they speak some things concerning your life, it works for you. My mom used to say something and I loved so much. Um, when, when, I was, when I was still, after I finished school and nothing was happening in my life, it looks like every other thing was 
was not working well. But my mom would look at me and ask and, and tell me, the Jida, you know what? What you don't have now, you are going to have in excess. I like to say it in Yoruba. It, it, it carries the weight well. It says, um, thank you. It says that um, until Tito Shaku. What does that mean? It means that you may not have it right now, but I'm speaking to you. I'm speaking to your future. They are coming to be in excess. I want to share with someone today, listen to me, that God is about to do something in your life, but you need to understand the, the, the place of your personal prophecy. When you have such prophecy, you go to war with it. You go to war with personal prophecy. When things begin to happen in my life, sometimes I don't understand. Um, I, I sit back and I remember what has been spoken concerning me. Um, we're going to take a trip a time, some times ago, and um, um, we, we're not sure exactly what to do until we're praying one day. And my prayer partner told me that, you know what, we were praying for you. My wife and I were praying for you yesterday. And while we held on to pray, the first thing my wife said was that we should stop. We should not pray again. That God said you should go tell him that I've settled him. Uh, when, when, when he came to tell me that, I thought of either, okay... Okay, and you see, any time I want to take a step, after that particular word that was given to me, um, if I take a step and it looks like something is wrong, what I do is I remember the word I've been spoken, that I have settled you. So I just call God to remember, remembrance. Remember the Bible says, call me to remembrance of my word. Not because God has forgotten, but because we need to speak the word of God to him. God does not answer your English. He answers his word. Amen. So you may not know how to speak English very well. You may not even know how to speak French, hear the word of the Lord. But if you can speak the word of God to him, he hears you. And the answer to his word, that is what I have come to tell someone today. That it is time for you to take territory but by the word of prophecy spoken ahead of you. So I want you, first of all, begin to think, what is it that has been spoken concerning me? What is it that has been spoken? And because I know my parents speak well concerning me, one of the things I do, just like um, 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 when Isaac asked for venison from, from his children, and Jacob, Jacob had to go bring the venison, um, what I do, I call them once a while, and I, uh, what do you need? And they tell me, and before you know it, and send it to them. Once I send it to them, I know my phone will ring. Once my phone rings, it says, um, how are you? Thank you. We saw this. I'm like, okay, it is not just thank you, ma. Um, I need you to pray. Because I'm just looking forward to it. Men and brethren, we need to keep looking forward to them speaking to your life. Don't take it for granted at all. Don't let it be the something that you just put aside. We talked about looking for someone to marry. Um, in, on, on Friday, we talked about a relationship a lot. But you know, do you know Abraham? Abraham was going to look for a wife for Isaac, but he didn't look around. He told his servant, go to my stock. Go to my, my village. Go look for. But you know, this day we can as well just go to a marriage shop. You don't even need to buy a wedding gown. You don't need to buy anything. They give you everything that just pay. Just pay and just enter. You don't need a pastor. You don't need anyone. You just walk in there. The same way you walk in there, you are walking out. 
Because there is no guarantee. There is no guarantee. The only way we have guarantees in an inheritance with Jesus Christ. So if you cannot do it right, you cannot do it well. So I'm asking this morning, don't just listen to me this morning, but take something out of this meeting that, you know what? From today, I'm going to do it well. I'm going to look at the, the guy that keeps going about to every other person and he comes to me, like you said on Friday, please tell the guy, go back to sleep. Because when he begins to tell you, uh, I think it's you. The next time he says, no, God said I should come and tell you. The next time he says it is you, then you know the person is sleepwalking. And someone that is sleepwalking, you know it makes me sick. So tell him, you know what? Go sleep. And those guys that you, 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 are, you are pointing, you know when you are driving. When driving, you, you, when you want to get to, to the left, you trafficate to the left. And when you're going to get to the right, you trafficate to the right. But do you know there are, there are, there are brothers that trafficate left and right? And so you are not even sure exactly where they are going. I don't want to say God punish you today, but you say, please stop that. Amen. Stop, stop confusing people. Get on the line because you know what? If you marry wrong, God will have to help you to have, to, for every other thing to line up. Every other thing will just be going wrong. Somebody asked a question if it was possible, if, if, the, if marriage still works, if the institution is still the same today. I come to tell you please, marriage is honorable. That is the word of the Lord. It does not mean that your own. It means the institution itself is honorable. Meaning there is nothing you can do to dissolve that, that institution. God instituted it and so is God of the marriage itself. So it is you that need to align yourself with God's line. It's you that need to get yourself online. I'll round up with this. There is a story I saw in the scripture that I'm going to round up with. Second, Second Kings. Quickly please. Second Kings chapter 4. Second Kings chapter 4 and verse 18. I'll round up in a minute. Second Kings chapter 4. I want to tell you why it is important for you to marry right. Chapter 4 verse 18. And the child grew. Now this was a story of, of Elijah. Elijah came to this um, a Shunammite woman. The Shunammite woman accepted Elijah and they built a place for him to stay whenever he's coming around. And so at the point when he built the place, Elijah looked at him and looked at the, the Gehazi and told Gehazi, what does this woman will want? And after some time, they discovered the, the woman does not have a child. So they, they, he, told the, he told the woman that you are going to have a child by this time next year. And so he, he had the child. Look at verse 18. And the child grew. Now it happened one day that he went out to his father and to, to the reaper, to the reaper. Verse 19. And he said to his father, my head, my head. Now this was the son. My head, my head. So he said, he said to his servant, carry him to his mother. Please watch that. Verse, the next verse. When he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knee till noon and then died. The son died. The next verse. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God. Not the bed of, his, of the husband. 
you need to be you need to understand this that a man in the house is the priest of the home first so the pastor your pastor first is the person you are married to if the priest of the home is not there then the the woman will be will have to go and lay the child on the door of the of the man of god look at the next one next verse verse 22 then she she called her husband and said Please send me one of the young men and one of the donkeys that I may run to the man of God and come back. <laughs> Verse 20, 23. So he said, why are you going to him today? It is neither the new moon nor Sabbath. And she said, it is well. Is that the answer? Why did she not tell him that the son is dead? Because she knew there was nothing. In fact, the next thing, a normal man would say, let's go and bury him. But he did not say that. Let's see the next verse, verse 24. Then she saddled the donkey and said to her, and, and, and said to her servant, drive and go forward. Do not slacken the pace for me on, unless I tell you, the next verse. And so she departed and went to the man of God at Mount Carmel. So it was when the man of God saw her afar off that he said to her, Gehazi, and, and that was it. At the end of the day, Elijah went with, he, with, with her and then healed the child. The child was raised again from the dead. From the beginning, the woman, the, the child was with the father. My head, my head. You see, there are things that happen sometime at home. Now, I'm telling those of us that are not married so that you understand that marriage is not um, kiss, kiss, and all that alone. And no, 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 no. That it's a lot more than that. Uh, it's not all the time. Ask the married people. You will tell you that it's not all the time they feel lovey-dovey at home. There are times they even, the man wants to just be on his own and the woman wants to be on her own. They, they still want to have my me time. Even though they are married. And there is nothing wrong with that. So I'm telling you that it's not always going to be that you will, you, will, you will just love and embrace one another. This time, the man of God knew that there was, I mean, the man at home cannot even call and pray for the child to be healed. He cannot even say, okay, get a pill for him. Is the mother the doctor? Take him to the mother. Until the child died. The man did not even know that the child died. He did not know the man of God came to raise him. He did not know nothing that happened. You want to be married to that kind of a person? But there are a lot of them around. That you will find them in the place of dancing. I mean, you get them in the place of, of the, in, in disco hall. They will, they, that's the same way they will follow on. They will just live the same way because you don't expect him. You don't expect her at that time also to be laying hands on from where to where. He can't do that. You don't even expect it. But I can tell you that there are also people that look forward to, I know my husband will be home soon. 
I know everything will be, will be well. Oh, I know my daddy will be home too soon. I know, I know daddy, once daddy says this, I know he has heard from God. And I know everything will be well. I want to challenge someone here today. That it is time for you to rise up, from, rise up to your responsibility. Take the word of the Lord. Take the prophecy that has been spoken ahead of you. And with that, wage a good welfare. Is somebody blessed this morning? Hallelujah. Glory to God. powerful ministration. Can we give him a round of applause again? Thank Jesus. Thank Jesus. I was definitely taking some notes. When you come into the presence of God, you have to come expectant, and God does not answer English. He hears his own word. <laughs> that, was, that was very new for me. So right now, I'm just going to be having a quick talk show, a quick chat, and I'll be asking Pastor GD some questions. But one thing I just want to say is that if anyone has any questions in the house, um, the ushers will be handing, would give you the mic and you can ask any question you want. And also you can put your questions in the chat box on YouTube. So the first question I have here for Pastor GD is, how would you advise youths to deal with the urge to have premarital sex? I know in the church a lot of times like sex is like a forbidden topic, but I think it's something that the youth should be educated on, especially in the church. So what are the dangers of sex before marriage? And how would you advise you to handle the urge to have premarital sex? Okay. Um, if, you, if you do not, if, a young, if you're a young person, we need to lay this foundation. If you're a young person and you don't have the urge to have sex, you are not normal. Hello? Yes. So you need to understand that so that you don't feel that um, when it begins to happen to you that there is something wrong with you. There is nothing wrong with you. You are human, flesh, and blood. Blood flows in your vein. Amen. So you have feelings. Now, often know, once you know that, you also need to understand also that even God put boundaries on everything. Do you know that God, when God created, when, um, some, when they were making, they were given the, um, the, they were asking, ask, ask, asking um, the, the question that had been asked and they were making, um, giving the Bible verse of the scriptures and someone was going to talk about creation, that, that there is creation in every part of the, and he wants to start talking about um, God created in, in, in the first day and he will go to the second one to, to also <laughs> mention the same. But you know, for everything God created boundaries, even for water. God created boundary for water and he told the water not to go beyond that. He created the boundary for the sun that the sun should not go beyond the time it should shine. God created a boundary for the moon that by the time the sun is out, the cloud must not be empty. The moon has to come out. So, the same way that you have the urge, there is a boundary also that has been created that you cannot decide to act on your urge. Why it is important that, yes, that urge is there, you also want to tame it. You want to tame it 
and taming it has, you have a whole lot of responsibility in your hand. Everything we have around us tells us that you have to act on the urge. Now, you know you have problem and yet you are putting fire in your bone and you are thinking you will not get burnt. Now, if you know you cannot go beyond shaking a girl, don't go hugging her now. You will finish hugging her then. By the time you get home, you begin to think something else. In fact, in your, on your way home, you begin to, if you are not careful, you wet yourself on your way home. Because what you are thinking is, is, is it's, you, have got, you have done what, you have crossed the boundary. So everything has boundary. So I will not say that, yeah, you won't have or you will have. If you don't have, then there is problem. You need to be laid hand on. Eh? But with the urge, there's a lot of things you can do also to ensure that, hey, this remains where it is. It does not go beyond that. You need to give yourself to the word of God. And, and honestly, it, it looks like, it looks like um, um, it's, it's not um, what you should hear. It looks like um, 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 old tales. It looks like the old, that's old things, Pastor Jide, don't talk about that. But you see, it's the word of God that will keep you. Because every other thing is against it. Every other thing will show you the way to, uh, to act on your urge. The word of God, fellowship with your brethren. The Bible says we should not forsake the assembling of one another. This um, Facebook thing, I mean this um, online thing that um, only God knows how many people are really online right now. All you need to do is just to put on your phone and go and do any other thing. In fact, you can have two phones. Put the online. Just put the it's t- service start 10 o'clock. Just put it on. And you can as well leave the vicinity. Go and do something else. But I'm looking forward to a time that we will really understand that the scripture says that we should not forsake the assembling of one another. Yes, COVID is there, but you see, we have also done everything to ensure that we're able to curtail it. We use our mask, we use the the sanitizer, but come to church. Coming to church is not for the pastor. Part part of what we do really is so as to ensure that we're able to curtail this kind of a thing also. When you fellowship together, it, it helps us grow together. The Bible says, iron sharpened iron. So when we do that, it reduces our temptation of checking in. Thank you very much for that. Sir. Can we give him a round of applause, please? Thank you. I also have another question here, and this one has to do with regards to mental health. So if someone is currently struggling with mental health issues, how can they make sure that they don't infuse this with their identity in Christ and how they view their relationship with God? So if anyone has issue with mental health, there are specialists that work on that. You need to, you need to, you need to have a, there's a support group that you can talk to. Um, to so that's, that's um, beyond, so beyond spirituality. So you also need to deal with it medically if there is mental health issue. Now, um, I also understand also, I have been, I've been Christian for a while. So I have also have to deal with um, um, spiritual, uh, uh, like de- deliverance. I've had to deal with deliverance when it has to do with mental health issues. But they are also part of it that is medical. So it needs to be treated, worked on it, 
have a support group. And um, you see, one of the things we need to also be very careful when we talk about even this mental health is this, that some of these things are, we are the one that cost it ourselves. We've given ourselves to it. When you, I mean, I was listening to, I was listening to a committee set up in one of the U, U.S. Um, um, Senate that um, they were going to begin to deal with social media, and they want to. They want, one of the things they want to ask the social media um, giants to do is to remove likes, because if I post my picture, go and sleep. You will not sleep. How many likes? By the time nobody is liking your own, and they are liking somebody else's own, you begin to feel that there is something wrong with you. Now, that is not health issue. You need deliverance. <laughs> there is no health issue in that one. You are, you are causing it. You are putting it on yourself. Let them not like it. Like it yourself. On Valentine's Day, when I, when I was single, I will advise other people and myself inclusive. If nobody send me, can I send it myself? You know what? If you don't celebrate yourself, no one will. And again, if you don't love yourself, the Bible says love your neighbor as yourself. So you are the reference. Loving yourself is the point of reference to loving others. If you are not able to accept yourself, you will have problem. In fact, if you have problem with loving yourself, don't go looking for someone to get married to. Because you are going to wreck that marriage. Because everything the guy says or anything the, the, the girl says, there will be something wrong with it. Because you first of all don't even love yourself. So... I wish what they will do is not to remove the like, but allow me that I can like myself as many times as possible. <laughs> but that anybody that is looking at it, they will not see who is liking me. So, if I want to like myself hundred times, a million times a day, I can go ahead and like myself. So, if it is your issue that they, nobody is liking me, you will see that there is like I have. But I'm sharing this so as to let you understand that don't let us go out of the boundaries of God. Mental health can be dealt with if it is health-wise. But if it is self-imposed, you can also get out of it by first of all getting to know who you are. One of the things we talked about at the last, on Friday is, is, is getting to know your purpose in life. When you understand your purpose in life, you will not be troubled about who liked you. A friend of mine sent me a message early this morning to say that I, I, I liked I, 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 I liked your the thing you I posted a picture of mine. So the friend said, ah, I reacted on the picture and you did not respond. I'm like, okay. I need to keep responding on everything. Is that what this then I will not post? <laughs> So why would you give yourself that kind of a stress? Please. Nobody is giving you mental issue. You are the one first of all. So first of all, get to know who you are in Christ. Get to know what your purpose is in life. Once you know what your purpose is in life, 
you will not be bothered about whether somebody likes you or not. You will just be focused on what is it that you are called to do. Thank you. Amen. Now we first of all celebrate ourselves in Christ. He said we should celebrate us. Love yourself. Celebrate yourselves in Christ. Amen. Does anyone have any questions in the house? Any questions? Okay. I have another one here. So is there any advice to youths that want to work in God's house but don't know how to go about it? Okay, yeah. So I know that um, Redeemed Church has a, a um, like it's a, a, a similitude of Sunday school. And um, I know one of the things that um, we do is in our um, academy, we call it academy. So what we do there is we have a place where you can, um, a, a level where you get into, a level where you get into and there you get to know the kind of um, ministries we have in the church. Do you have anything like that, sir? Okay. Okay, good. So, so I know every church will have that kind of a thing. So I will advise such person to visit that kind of a place, get to know. Now, it's possible also that um, you, have, you are called into the fivefold ministry. When you are called in, that means you're either a pastor, a teacher, an evangelist, a prophet, an apostle. Now, beyond the fivefold ministry, there are other ministries, helps. Now, you can also function in all of these. But you see, you need a foundation. You need to build. So you don't, you don't hear today, you're Fikaya. Fikaya is sleeping and God says, Fikaya, Fikaya, my son. Today I've called you to be a pastor. And Fikaya just woke up and said, no. Pastor Israel, I am leaving the church. I'm going to look for a place. I'm now I'm a, I'm a pastor. It doesn't work that way. No. When you hear such things, eh, rebuke it. <laughs> when you <laughs> okay, don't rebuke it. Come and talk to Pastor Israel. <laughs> pastor Israel, I heard this voice in my vo in my in my sleep that I have been called to be pastor. What next can I do? He will tell you exactly what to do. So it's important that um, get to know what, is that, what happens in the house and don't ever be, you can't stand on your own. You have to, if you, if you do not serve, you cannot serve, you cannot lead. So if you, if you said you have been called to be this and you now begin to carry your shoulder around, they will leave you. After a time, you will discover that you are the only one standing. Yeah. So, if you want to lead, first of all, come and serve. Elisha will pour water on the hands of Elijah until a time that Elijah will say, what exactly do you want from me? Say double portion. Okay. I will still not give you like that if you see me go. See all the things he had to do before he was given. He said, but if you see me go, then, then you, it's yours. So, Go to the house, serve under the house, and move on from there. You will get to know. And read books. I told you on Friday, we don't read books that we should be reading. There are books 
Christian books, books on relationship, books on ministry. One of the books I, I want to recommend for you to read, Rick Warren, Purpose Driven Life. Start with that. It helps you to even know who you are. It helps you to know who you are and where you should be going. And from there, talk to your pastor. He has libraries. He has books in his library. Every pastor does. Go to his house. Go and borrow books to read. Just read. Read yourself. Keep reading. And yes, you, even Jesus had to tell them, have you not read? So what are you reading? Thank you for that, sir. Do we have any question? Okay. Good morning, sir. Yes, Thank you so much for the insightful teaching. I'm very sure the young people and even everyone have been blessed so far. My question is, what practical advice would you have for young adults or youth who have had terrible past that they can't even disclose to someone and right now they're born again and they want to get it right? All right, so I woke up um, at 5 a.m. today, and it was a message like this that woke me up. Somebody sent a message to me to tell me. So I, I've been trying to deal with a person on this particular issue and been trying to re evade it. So we're like, okay, let's set some um, process. You have had past, and everybody had past, and that's why they are called past. Everybody should have their past and they sh you should not allow the past to hold you down first. If you have a past, the first thing you need to know that they are past, but you must move forward. So, but if you are going to move forward, you have to be able to leave your past. The scripture says, let not my enemy rejoice over me when I fall. I, not if I fall. It's when I fall, because it's possible I fall. But when I fall, I will rise again. He also says that seven times a righteous man fall. Seven times he will rise again. So, if a man that falls is not necessarily a failure. But the one that remains in the gutter is the one that has failed. You have taken it and said you are not going forward. Having said that, how do I now move forward? How do I confide in people? It's difficult to confide in anyone, but you still need someone to confide in. So the first thing first is get back your identity in God. Go back to the place of praying. Go back to the place of a basic tenant of Christian life. And what are the basic tenets? Is, you know, when we got, gave our life to Christ, we're told that you need to pray, read your Bible, fellowship with other, other, other believers. Now, when, if you go back to doing this, you may not be able to, um, you, you, when you go back to these things, what that does for you, first of all, is helps you to get back to a level of Christian. But because it's also that there are a lot of things that you are still carrying. Now, don't remember that I, I said one of the things that while I was preaching that the Bible says that um, you should work out your salvation with 
fear and trembling. So it's not even that you're, you're born again and that is all. You even need to begin to now consistently and intentionally work it out. If there is that someone like that that have had issue that had passed and the past is really disturbing you from moving forward, the first thing I will ask is that it's still important that you confide in someone. Your pastor is someone you can confide in. Um, I made it a duty to try and um, check your, the, your messages from the day we spoke. There was none of it that I saw that you were, you, you, were, you picked on somebody that has spoken to you before. So it does look to me that you don't um, poke nose in people's life. You don't, um, you are not, you don't, um, you are not a CNN that um, broadcasts to what you have been told. Now, one of the grace that the pastors, well, the grace that pastors should have is that they are also able to keep what they have been told. So, I want to advise the person to um, confide with your pastor. Confide with someone that you respect. Don't tell everybody. Don't tell, don't tell. No, no, no. If you do, it will be having more problem because one day you are going to hear what you have told the person somewhere. And once you do, what will happen to you, you will coil in again. You will not be able to come out again. In, in fact, even if you see the, the best of in, of people with integrity that want to help you. You don't want to talk to anybody again. So I want to say, talk to the person. Get an accountability partners also. I'm not saying the person that you will want to hold and with that, let's pray. And they, it is your issue that they will form another prayer meeting. No, not that one. But that this person, you really can say, hey, it's you and I. And we can pray. And everyone needs a prayer partner. It's not, it's not something that is done again these days. But everyone needs a prayer partner. You need someone to be able to hold on to you and say, hey, let's pray. You know, one of the things, one of the ways we do evangelism in Halifax is um, when you're on your way, you're trying to talk to people, they won't want to listen. But if you say, can I pray with you? They're like, you want to pray for me? I will. So that's one of the things we do. We the, even the white wants to be want everyone want everyone wants to be prayed for. So I want to encourage the person um, get to the basic of Christianity. Get to speak with your pastor. Get an accountability partner. Little but you will not get out of it. You may not get out of it in one day, in two days, in one month. In one year, but gradually you will get out of it. I hope I answer that now. Thank you very much, sir. Dicky Muiwa has someone online, and yes. then Elsie next. Okay. All right, so one of our online viewers, the question they have is please, can you expand shade more between dating and courtship? Courtship. Which one are we supposed to engage in as a young Christian? Okay, you see? This generation has confused us so much, eh? So, so much. They have confused us. Because when it's dating, it is, you are dating. Is it only one person you can date at a time? It's only one person you can You date. should be able to date at a okay. time. It's on, no, I'm saying. <laughs> like, I'm saying. Okay. I'm asking you a question, really. Are you supposed to date just one person at a time? 
I'm asking. Yes, now is it the not just problem is yeah, but you see, we are confused now because what you are doing is you are dating this one, you are dating that one. Okay, you are sampling. <laughs> you see, you see, that's where we get it wrong. On Friday, we looked at the particular part of the scripture, Adam and Eve, how Adam met Eve. God says, it is not good for a man to be alone. And the next thing God did was he brought all the animals to Adam. And it says, Adam should go ahead and name all the animals. After he finished naming all the animals, God says, it is not good for a man to be alone. I will find for him a help meet for him. No, after he finished naming the animal, it says, the Bible says that, and there was no found a help. So the question we asked ourselves on Friday was that, who was looking for help for Adam? Was God looking among the animals? So how come? Because I still really cannot understand that part of the scripture. If the Bible says, God said, it's not good for a man to be alone. And the next thing God did was, he brought all the animals, named them. Then immediately after that, he said, and there was no found. So was there, they were, it means that they were looking for. If Adam has looked and called a giraffe wife, That this now is the bone of my bone. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you see, when I got married, I got married 20, 21 years ago. I know there are people here that myself and them, they can GDA tell had some discussions yesterday and I know he got married longer than me but you know but we seem to have same experience when you like somebody in our own time you walk to a pastor to let the pastor know that ah, there is this person no? because the pastor seemed to know everybody in the church if um, brother Afikayo had gone to tell sister Sarah and you are now coming that ah, I like sister Sarah and you go to see pastor pastor Israel um, I like Sister Sarah. Pastor Israel can tell you that. Ah, please don't go there. Um, Brother Fikai already has gone to Sister Sarah. Now, these days, nobody even knows what you are doing until when the thing has caused problem. And then it is the same pastor you don't want to tell. It is the same pastor that will now have to come and settle the problem. So you are causing a whole lot. You are giving him a whole lot of headache. So I want to advise. Um, you like somebody. <laughs> Just like Paul says, not God, but me. When during our time, and I'm not sure why it has changed. You like someone, be friend with them. In fact, we were in the circle of friends. We were in the circle of friends and we now discover that, oh, someone likes somebody else, somebody. And before, of course, we we'll quickly have to tell ourselves. Fikayo will have to tell me that, uh, that I don't know, I've been trying, I've been thinking of that same sister. What do you think? And I begin to like, ah, 
is Sister Taiwo. Sister Taiwo, she has some in this in it's some some things that um, you need to look at. Oh, and I begin to and it's like, oh, okay, okay. I think I understand. I know. I know how to manage it. And then, before you know it, when they eventually decide to go on, what we call what you call dating, immediately we just tell the person, I want to marry you. No, I mean we've been friends. No, no, no. Understand this. We've been friends. So for me and my wife, we met at a wedding. She was the chief bridesmaid. I was the best man. Yes. So at that point, after a time, we, so we started talking. Of course, our friends, our friends will start talking about it. And they were like, oh, that when the husband and wife were praying on the altar and we were behind them, we were also praying for ourselves. They were making all those jests. But after a time, we just discovered that we actually like ourselves. And we started contacting ourselves and like that. She was somewhere else in another state. I was in another state. And at the point, we got to meet. And so we will send, we will call all the time. And after a time, after like nine months, I just felt calm, you know. I like this person to the extent that I want to spend the rest of my life with her. So one day I told that I will come and see you. So I went on that day. I mean, I went to her house, went to, I sent some things ahead of me, like emissaries, to go before me. So that by the time I got there the next day, everybody were looking for who sent this. Okay. <laughs> so at that point, at that point, I had to like come. I, I didn't, of course, I didn't have money to buy a ring. So these days that even when you nail down to even give them ring, they reject it. Have you not seen those people that reject? I don't understand what is happening. They reject ring. So I didn't even have money to give ring. So at that point, I just, I, I, I like you. I want to marry you. That how long should I give you to answer? And she said, I like you too. I will marry you. That was finish. But you so complicate the whole thing. So, I mean. One or two quick things to what Pastor said. It's also absolutely right. I think the generation we're going into have mixed up Christian values with worldly values. And we must be very, very careful. You see, we've taken the world system of doing marriage and then we are intertwining it with Christian values of doing things. What is dating? If you check what is the definition, it is a Western approach of two people coming into a social relationship with the intention of checking out each other whether they can fit into a marital relationship. That's what dating is. But is that what God's agenda is? Do, you, do I just approach Pastor Choice and say, hey, can we check out each other and see whether we would? Or you want to say, Lord, what will you have me do? Now, that thing that's where many of us are mixing is, especially for young people. You know, in the days we grew up, they told us that, look, you have to hear from God. Because if you make a mistake with what you're hearing, you may make a mistake with respect to your relationship. Yes, so, the first en encounter I had, you know, I went to pray for three days. Mm -hmm. Fasted for three days. I'm not saying we should do that. But unfortunately, the Pastor, lady, they should do that. <laughs> the lady that I went to I thought that God spoke to me about gave me six inches he said no um, I'm not interested 
Did God make a mistake? But you see, those built me up. But at the end of the day, I, the, the journey is, Lord, what are you saying? Is it Sister S? Is it Brother Y? And then you get an accountability pattern like Pastor had said earlier on. People, you say, look, hey, Pastor, or this is, this is what I'm hearing. What do you think? Before I proposed to my wife, I had pastor friends that I talked with. So look, this is what I'm feeling. And they said, okay, let's pray together. And then they prayed with me. And then they said, it can go ahead. Because the Bible says, in the presence of two or three witnesses, a thing is established. But what we do these days is that we just, some people go, they sample this one. Oh, this is not okay. Let me go to the next person. Oh. So they draw closer, and then they suddenly realize, hey, I can't deal with this. Then they move to the next person. Hey, I can't deal with this. The truth is that there is no person that is 100% perfect. If you keep sampling, you will never see anyone. Yes, sir. Thank you, Pastor. So we have LC. LC has a question, and then Tolu will go. So LC has been waiting for a minute. Hello. Oh, Pastor, I just wanted to say, first of all, thank you so much um, because you've dropped so many gems. Um, I'm very grateful for the fact that you talked about how all of us have sexual edges because I feel like sometimes women are excluded from the discussion. Mm -hmm. So I really, really appreciate you for that. Um, my question was, because we're doing, you know, start right, I wanted to say, like, what made you give your life to Christ and, like, how did you grow in your knowledge of God? Because I feel like sometimes you feel like, pastors just appeared from nowhere. Just, Bye. Like, you know, but it was like, you no, know, like once you were youth, just like us, once you were trying to discover and know God for yourself as well. So what were also some challenges that you found when you were trying to build that strong and consistent relationship with him? Um, and if you have any advice for us who are trying to do the same, that would be very much appreciated. Thank you. That's, that's, that's great. Now, it, it's, it's important and God wants everybody to grow. As a newborn babe, they are the sincere milk of the world that you may grow thereby. Meaning, you keep drinking God's word as milk. After a time, it becomes meal for you and you begin to grow in it. I gave my life to Christ when I was um, 14, 14 years, 15 years. And it was a girl that preached to me. I got in. <laughs> it was a girl that preached to me and I, I, I was in this, I was in the new school and she, this, I'm very quiet. I'm just on my own and they just thought because I was quiet, I was not doing, run around like every other boys there. They thought I was a Christian. So there are these three, Christ, these three Christian girls that goes around to talk to people and they came to my desk and the particular one just came and talked to me about Jesus. And I was like, I wanted to know, are you born again? And and I have a lot of pride. That I can a question, I can a girl be asking me a question like that, and I will not be able to answer. So I turned the question back to her. Then, well, it depends on what you mean. Do <laughs> you know what? That was the first time in my life that I was hearing that word born again. I'd never heard it before. So I wanted to know what she would say. So she told me what she meant to her. Like, okay, it's okay. I am, I am too. So I just left her, went to my seat. And I lay down there. I prayed that same prayer she said. And that was how I got born again till today. So, after a time, I got to see her. A long time. And I told her, Tokumbo, 
did you know the day you preached to me? She, she did not even remember. I said, me, I do remember. Till today, I remember. But, of course, after I gave my life to Christ, I still went out to give my life to Christ all, the, all every other time like I took it back from him when I gave it. <laughs> you know, like when they would ask him, if anyone here wants to give their life to Christ, you would just give it again. And you go back to your seat and you have collected it back again. So, so there is that time that you keep falling and rising. But you see, because you desire God. So the first thing first is desire. You need to desire God. Even Jesus says, whatsoever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. So first of all, you need to have this desire for God. If you don't have it here, you can pray. You can ask God to give you a thirst for him. Give you a hunger for him. David says, as the deer pants after the water brook, so my heart pants after you. So that's what you need to begin to pray. Paul was praying for the Ephesians that, they will, that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened. They will know what is the hope of their calling. So from the day we got born again, and I start attending fellowship. What I keep hearing people say is that, that God calls people. God calls people. How? So I will be praying. And when we hear people begin to pray in, in, in tongues, like, ah, how did this happen? So I remember different times that people will want to lay hands on me to speak in tongues by force. One day, a man just laid hand on me and I started having a headache. So after that, anybody that wants to lay hands on me, I will just start speaking. I will just start imitating every other person speaking in tongues. That you will not lay hands on me again. So I started imitating people speaking in tongues too. But there was one day I was praying with my prayer partner. And that day I didn't know what happened. All of a sudden I just busted into tongues. And that was how I received the Holy Ghost baptism. In fact, I wanted to stop that. Ah, no, 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 you cannot receive Holy Ghost baptism now because you have not had water baptism. Ah, so I was like, okay. Because for me, you have to do things. I'm a process person. So you have to do things um, line upon line, process upon. I mean, so at that point, <laughs> it was as if God just took over me. I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. And then I had to go and look for my pastor that I think I need to be baptized in water now. So I got baptized in water, and I love reading Bible a lot. I just like it as a person, like reading story. But at a point, you know, the word of God just keep making meanings to me. The Bible says, let the word of the Lord dwells in you richly. So as I begin to hear, in the days of Walkman, I mean, everyone remember Walkman? Yes, Walkman is those, like, not like what we have these days. Walkman, you have Walkman, of course, if you have Walkman, then it means your parents are rich. I mean, so with Walkman, I, I play Bible on CD. Uh, Bible on tape, sorry. Cassette. Uh, you, you, I mean, remember cassette? Yeah, I had cassette. I had, in fact, I bought a big box of, of um, cassette with the Bibles. So I will, I will listen to it, and I love listening till today. I still do listen to Bible. I just put on my U version in the morning. Just begin to speak to me. So I love such things. As you do such things, eh, it helps you to grow. It helps you to grow. You listen to story. You listen to parables of Jesus. And he, you see, before you know it, it, become, it, it changes from just being story to becoming something that is real to you. 
So as you begin to do that, you begin to grow. Now, if you begin to feel the call, this is the way you begin to know. You begin to feel that you are do, you should, there is something you should be doing that is better than what you're doing. You begin to feel a pull that you need to do something better. That is, that is as if God is calling you, come, come, come nearer. Come. When you begin to feel such things, it's just like a Samuel feeling the pull. And when he heard the call, and he did not know the voice because he's not used to the voice. But there is always someone that will be, there is always, that, that is used to that voice. That's why you have your pastor. So Eli is used to the voice already. So go back to your Eli, to your prophet in the house, that do you call me, sir? I seem to be hearing this word. You know, once you tell him, you will know that God is calling this, this person. And that is all you need to go on the line that he has gone through. And when you follow the same line, you will see that you will grow thereby also. Thank you. Thank you very much, sir. Two more questions. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, I have two questions, actually. The first question is concerning marriage. I've been in conversations, even arguments, whereby I'll hear someone say, the Bible, in the Bible, there was nothing like Adam and Eve got married. They didn't use the word married. What they used was God brought Adam from, God brought Eve from Adam's side, liver. So where did... Where did marriage come? Where did all this marriage come from? Because there's never in the Bible where by marriage was mentioned. Then the second question is with the whole pandemic, social media, internet, and everything has evolved, has grown to the point where youths, people in general, are forgotten the real life experience, how to live their normal life. What is social media now is people's real life where you see someone who doesn't have anything, who is known, come out to the world on social media and say, okay, I'm this person. How would you try, how would you separate, how would you revert, how would you advise someone or tell someone to revert from that social media to back to his real life? How would you tell the person that, look, there is a separate, it's a two separate worlds. It's not packed as one. Okay. Um, so, there's a, a, a lot of questions you're asking in one now. Um, so, the first one is about Adam and Eve, that there was no marriage. Okay. But if you look at that part, the chapter exactly where God brought Adam to Eve, God was the first person that says, so shall a man leave his father and his mother and be joined to his soul. What was, that do? what was God doing there? He was joining them. So there was a joining. So there is God. There are two people witnessing. God was witnessing. Now, the one other thing I want to say about marriage here is that Please, don't forget your parent in the place of your marriage. You know, we have parents that have said no to someone 
and you just like, no, it must happen. You see, sometimes it's good to just sometimes wait for them and keep praying for them. Sometimes some parents are just unnecessary about, a fuse about it, but it's important that you have your parent blessing. In fact, in marriage, what marriage actually is, is parental blessing, not church service. Yes, it is not church service. So it is parental consent. When your parent consent to it, then heaven already consented to it. So it is very important. Get your parent consent. The social media. Social media, they are doing their, social media is doing its own good. Look at right now. How many of us are here? But you know where this message will go? When it's posted on the social media, is on YouTube, I guess, is on is on Facebook. Imagine how many people will watch it. Now, before I came up, I had already asked for the link, the social media link from the brother at the back there. He, he gave me, because some people have been asking me, immediately they saw that I posted the poster that they want to watch it online. They are not here. In fact, a lot of them, some are in Halifax. You brought me down to here to Toronto, but we can't bring them down, but the social media is doing that for them. Some are in Nigeria. They are watching right now. So it's important for us to understand that the social media has its own good. And you need to be able to discern the good and use it for that good. But it also has its own excess. Not only for the church. Every part of the world. Why did Nigerian government stop Twitter? Why are they having issue with Facebook in, in the U.S. and other countries? It's because they also have their own issues. So we need to be able to discern what do I want to get from this? Get what you want to get from it and run away. Don't marry someone on Facebook. Because the person has only used, what is it that they even use? That, um, no, when you, filters. By the time you open, <laughs> by the time the person cleans the, the face now, and you see the person has their marks on the, if that was not the person you married. So don't, 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 yeah, you can get to meet the person there, but have, can we meet face to face? Go for me, go for coffee. See how the person even sip the coffee. That whether the person has the coffee and he has spoon, I begin to use spoon. To... <laughs> yes, but that's the way you get to know someone. Amen. <laughs> I hope I answered you. <laughs> we have one more question. One more question. Praise God. Um, thank you so much, um, Pastor. Um, I think um, I've learned a lot. I'm married, though, but um, as a young girl um, trying to look back, and I hope young ladies can learn um, from all of this, um, talking about the idea of dating, right? Being realistic as a young lady, different guys are going to come after you, um, whether you like it or not. And it's not all the time you're going to be in quote, prayerful about it. I think what makes it messy is the fact that 
people mix up sex with all of this. But I feel my own question to be direct is, what do you do or how do you know the person you're going to settle with if you don't date the person? Considering if, for example, you're not mixing sex with it, don't you have to go out with the person? Don't you have to hang out with the person? Don't you have to get to know if you can even, you know, stand the person when he's sipping coffee, for example? Yeah, thank you. And that was why I mentioned that, you see, when the issue of the dating thing came up and Pastor was able to help us um, really throw light into it about this dating thing, before you know it, it becomes like people are even checking. Immediately they know that, okay, this person, this person I want to, um, thinking of dating, they go first of all to check your social media page. So check your LinkedIn to know how much, how much would it be that this person earned. So what's this person bringing on the table? I'm telling you this because I have counseled and I still counsel people. In fact, I believe one of the things that I am called to do is to, to, um, the, to guide young people when it has to do with marriage. And I have done that consistently for over 20 years. I have seen people that will ask for your CV. And I'm not joking. Your resume. They want to know where you work. They want to know what your standard is. They want to know how much you earn. How much you are bringing on the table. Church, that is not the foundation of marriage. Okay. He works in the biggest company. He earns the biggest salary. You get married to him. A month later, he's sacked. It's the most beautiful. Is he, I mean, she's the most beautiful. She has all the figures in right places. She has everything. You got married. On your way home, accident happened. And this figure that face. What do you say about such? The first thing first, even if you are the girl, is the guy and he's coming. You see, Everybody has purpose in life. You see, you've heard the story about the parables of the, of the talents. One was given five. One was given three. The other was given how many? One. It means everybody has something. So it means, like you were asking, everybody is called to do something. Not everybody is called to, to preach like Pastor Israel. Not everybody is called to pastor like him. No. But you are called to do something. That is the beginning first. You need to first of all understand what your purpose in life is. Before you know who will fulfill that purpose with you. If you do not. You see, you will only get married like every other person is getting married. But you see, what will be the difference between you understanding what your purpose is. And getting the person that works in line with that purpose is that in marriage, when issues happens, which will, you will remember that there is a purpose. You get what I'm saying? It will not be that uh, there is, um, we are not, we are now, we, are, we just saw that we have, we are incompatible. We just realized that there, there is a, there is a difference that we cannot connect. You said, 
we have an irreconcilable <laughs> English is so much, eh? We have an irreconcilable differences. And so because of that, go your way. Go my, I go my way. And you know, we're in Canada. It is so easy. It is very easy. You just go your way. But you see that Jesus says in the beginning it was not so. It was not so. So the first thing is understanding what your purpose is. When you understand what your purpose is, then everybody coming your way. No, you are a giraffe. That is your name. No, you are a monkey. Give them their name. When it comes and you say, oh, you are Sunday school teacher, sir. It is not you. Go your way. Oh, you are supposed to be filming us when, every, when the service is going on. You are, and you are supposed to be handling camera. That is who you are to me here. You are naming them at that point. Important. <laughs> Very important. You, you see, everybody wants to... Now, these days, it's the side bonds that is causing the problem in church. Don't let it cause problem because, hey, that side bonds will not last forever. You get it? So, please, don't use things that are just ephemerals to form what you are going to use till forever. They are just there. What is important for you? Discover your purpose. Discover who you are. When, they, when the person comes, you will know. Ask Pastor Israel. When she came to me, well, I mean, when I saw her, I knew she was the one. Yes, you will know if you are not deceiving yourself. And we do. Young people, we deceive ourselves a lot. Exactly. We do deceive ourselves and we do it too much. And please, marriage is not is something you do and you just get out. In fact, when we were getting married, they told us marriage is a place where um, you enter the room and they block the doors. That they just remove the door and they use bricks. They just plaster it. The windows too are removed and they use it too. So there is no way out. Of course, this day, people will just break, break the house down and get out. <laughs> but I'm saying, marriage can be enjoyed. It can be. So please, discover who you are. Discover God's purpose for your life. And you see, you will start attracting the like. The person that is supposed to be yours. That's the way it works. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's put our hands together for Pastor. Let's just give it up. Hallelujah. Our time is fast spent. Typically, we're supposed to be rounding up service by this time, but I guess it's been a very wonderful time. I think we should do more of this, young adults. I think we should. We should. We should. We should. There's a quick question here after that, we'll get Pastor to pray for us. As we bring this to a close, that I think um, somebody put it out on the chat room. And I'd like to read it and I will just throw some light into that. Um, and then we'll bring that to a close. I, I would, I, it just says a quick question Pastor, in a situation where parents do not consent to the marriage, what would a young person do? If the youth has heard from God about the union, what should he or she do? 
And I decided to answer this because I was in that situation. <laughs> I had prayed and I had heard from God. And the leading was, okay, my wife here is going to be my wife. I, I like to digress a little bit because of what our sister asked and I'll come back to that. I still believe that the gold standard for Christian relationship is to hear from God. So don't step out to propose to anyone or to date anyone if you want to choose to without hearing from God. So if you don't know how God is speaking to you as a believer, that should be the first thing you should aim for. Because it is not by sampling. I said that because a lot of people sample these days. But the first marriage, there was no sampling. God just delivered. When Abraham was to find a wife for the son, Isaac. There was no sampling. It was God delivered. So you, you we got to hear from God. But if you have heard from God and your parents are saying no, God is not an author of confusion. My parents told me no, that I should go get somebody from the village. And I wanted to do a giddy. You know what they call a giddy? No, this is, it is my life. I've got to do it the way I want. Whether you like it or not, I'm going ahead. <laughs> my dad said, well, I've told you, you are my son. You can't go ahead. You're going to go marry from the village. And I said, but I don't even know anybody from the village. I didn't even grow up from the village. And on and on. I'm sure my dad is watching me now. And, he's here now. <laughs> and I said, I didn't know anybody from the village. So I went home one day and I made a lot of noise, blah, 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 blah. You know how it is? I'm going to go ahead. In fact, for your information, I have fixed the date. You go do what you want to do. As I stepped out of that place, the scripture rang in my head. saying, this is the man that God will look up to. He that honors his father and his mother. I said, so Lord, what, what do I do? If, if you say that this is the woman that I'm going to marry, so what do I do? I said, go pray. And that's what I did. So I went one day and I stayed, stayed in the presence of God. Lord, what do, if this is the lady, then let my parents agree. If it is not the lady, then let. Sometimes the resistance you face is a test of the relationship otherwise. If God is there, God will give you a go ahead. And that's what I did. So I stayed in the place of prayer. And then one day, my dad just, if I, one of, I recall one of after fasting and praying, I, I just picked up my phone. My dad called me and said, hey, you know that thing you were trying to do? You go ahead and do it. Wow. There's no better way to prove God yeah. than when you are faced with such challenges for you to say to God, if this is what you are leading me into, then prove yourself. If you don't prove God at that time, when you get into a marital relationship, Challenges will come that will force you to doubt the decisions you have made. May God not bring us there. Amen. Pastor, over to you, sir. Pray for us. Hallelujah. Are you not, are you not glad that um, Pastor Israel made this choice? Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together for Pastor Moses. God bless you, man. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I'm so grateful once again for this opportunity to share and to, um, to share with you, with, to share pulpit with you. Because it's, um, it's not easy giving pulpit to people that you don't even know at all. But I'm glad, I'm glad um, 
you, you, you gave me this opportunity to share with your people. I trust God also that he will do that which he has said he will do concerning this house in the name of Jesus. Do you want to rise with me and let's pray? Let's pray. Let's pray. I want us to give thanks to God. Just give thanks to God for, for his word to us today. Let's, let's just give thanks to God. Give praise unto him. And I want you to pray. I want you to think about what has been spoken ahead of you. If there is anything at all that has been spoken ahead of you. And begin to make the same prophecy concerning your life. That let it begin to come to pass as concerning me. In the name of Jesus. Speak concerning yourself. That, that which the Lord has spoken concerning me is coming to pass. Is coming to pass speedily also in the name of Jesus. Come on, pray, pray, pray tonight. Pray this morning. Declare concerning yourself that hell will not win over me. Hell will not win over my children. In the name of Jesus, I declare as concerning myself, I will live and not die. In the name of Jesus, I will declare the, the promises of God as concerning me. My children, they are made for signs and wonders unto God. They are not made for addiction. They are not made for perverseness. In the name of Jesus, I decree as concerning them that their bodies is the temple of the Holy Ghost. I decree as concerning concerning myself that I treasure the word of the Lord and I walk in line in the same come on come on speak concerning yourself today the Bible says that none shall want his mate I decree as concerning myself I shall not want my mate in the name of Jesus I shall not cast my young also in the name of Jesus come on pray that I walk well with the Lord I walk in places God want me to walk in the name of Jesus, we give praise unto you, O God. Father, we ask of you in the name of Jesus that the grace upon this house will begin to speak like never before. In the name of Jesus, we pray that the grace that is upon this house, that is upon the, the, the house of, of Redeemed Christian Church, let the same grace begin to speak like never before upon Richmond Hills Chapel. In the name of Jesus, we declare that this is the house of the Lord. And the presence of the Lord reside in this place. In the name of Jesus. We pray for young people in this place. In the name of Jesus. It is written that the glory of the youth is your strength. We pray concerning you that your strength will remain. In Jesus name. We pray that the grace of the Lord will come upon you. You will know what to do. You will know where to go. You will know who to meet. In the name of Jesus. You are favored in the day, you are favored in the night. Your uprising is blessed, your down sitting is blessed. In the name of Jesus, we declare that your body is blessed. The opening of your lips speaks excellent things. In the name of Jesus, we declare this in the name of Jesus that guarantees an answer, and that name will begin to work for you. In the name of Jesus, I pray also for this church that the grace of God rests upon this church. The power of the ministry of this church remains in the name of Jesus. Father, let it be that this place becomes a spectacle 
for the entire place here for the entire Richmond Hill in the name of Jesus I decree and I declare that your fame goes abroad in the name of Jesus so it shall be in Jesus name hallelujah come and put your hands together for Jesus Thank you for listening to today's word and we believe you have been blessed. For further information, please visit our website at www.throneofgracecanada.ca or send us an email to info at throneofgracecanada.ca The word works. Throne of Grace. Transforming lives. Establishing His kingdom.